As we come to God's Word, let's just ask the Lord to open our minds and our understanding. Let's pray. Lord, we come to the time in our worship service where we've sung your praises. Where we've asked for forgiveness for our shortcomings. Where we've noted our dependence on you. Where we've remembered your body broken and your blood shed on our behalf so that we might be forgiven, have new life, and have freedom and hope in Christ. And Lord, as we now turn to your word, we acknowledge that it is your breathed out word to us, the very words of God, put in written form. But Lord, make these words come alive in our hearts. And you do that through your Spirit. We love your word, but may that word grow and have its course in our hearts, we pray so that our lives will be changed and others around us will know that Christ lives. Use this time now, Lord, to teach us, to inspire us, to encourage us, to equip us. And then, as we go into this week, you send us. Equip us now, we pray. Amen. I'd ask you to turn to Psalm 33, and we're going to do something slightly different today. Don't be afraid, I'm still preaching from God's Word, but you're going to be participating with me, and I want, if you've got a Bible here, you need it open today, because all I've got are my sermon notes, that's it, one page. It's going to be short, right? All I've got here is Psalm 33 enlarged, because I'm 56 now so that I can see it clearly. And I want to show you, because I've had a few requests um, just over the last while of, how do you, Calvin, how do you unpack God's Word? Just show us a little bit more, because we preach God's Word every week, and this is the process I go through every week when we prepare, and all the guys that preach will go through this process of examining God's Word, of highlighting specific things from God's Word, and then putting it in a teachable form. And so what I want to do this morning is we're going to read the psalm, then I'm going to show you my notes. You're going to see them ahead, all right? So you can keep me up to date. And then you're going to follow through in the text as we go through God's Word to see where I get the stuff from. And God will use His Word in us. So let's do that now. Psalm 33. I'm reading from the uh, NLT, the New Living Translation, specifically because it's really easy to understand, really clear, and for the purposes of today's sermon, um, it helps us. Psalm 33. Oh, there we go. You can't read that. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. It is fitting for the pure to praise Him. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for Him on the ten-stringed harp. Sing a new song of praise to Him. Play skillfully on the harp and sing with joy. 
for the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything He does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord holds... Sorry. Verse 4. The word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything He does. He loves whatever is just and good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens were created. He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of Him. For when He spoke, the world began. It appeared at His command. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever and His intentions can never be shaken. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people He has chosen as His inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From His throne He observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so He understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory, for all it's worth for all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear Him, those who rely on His unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. For our hope is in you alone. What a beautiful song. So when you look at that text, and I've highlighted just in colors for you, that the actual words give away the main points. Right? So there are three main points here, and they're given away by the word let. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. Verse 8. Let the whole world fear the Lord. And then verse 22. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. For our hope is in you alone. So these are the three main points given away by that word let. And then the statements that build up to that, those main points you'll find in green. Not in your Bibles, but in mine because I've highlighted them. I had to do a bit of study, right? So we're going to come to those. Uh, I'll just give you an example of those um, in verse 4. The, uh, the building up statements to let the godly sing is why? For the, the word of the Lord holds true. He loves whatever is just. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. That's why we need to praise Him. Alright, do you see where I get those from? So that's basically how the text would be analyzed. And then you look at the specific words used. You get your study Bible out and you do some graft. Because... In the new NLT, specifically, it's really nice to read. It's nice and clear. But if you really want to get to grips with the text, I've got to dig down. Look at my study Bible. Look at, if I can get to, what do the original words in their context. Um, and that will also give me a bit of a context of this whole psalm. So that's basic stuff, but put in five minutes. Now we have to get on with, this, with the text. So I want you to follow in your Bibles with me. And you might have an NIV or an ESV. Beautiful. Go for it. You can still follow what I'm saying. It's English. The word order might be a little different, a few different words used, but the same meaning. 
So let's come to chapter 33, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Let the godly sing for joy to the Lord. Who's the godly? If you go and look at the word godly, it's those who are uncompromisingly righteous. Are you a believer today? The Lord says, let the uncompromisingly righteous praise His name. Uncompromising when it comes to God's word. Let the godly sing for joy. And it doesn't matter if you can't sing two notes together. Sing in your heart. Let the godly sing for joy. Surely you're filled with joy when you think of everything that God has done for you. Just state it to the Lord. That's singing from your heart. Let the, the uncompromisingly righteous, the godly, sing for joy to the Lord. And now the word in the Greek, uh, sorry, in the um, Aramaic is it's to the Lord, but in the Lord. So let those who are godly sing for joy because you're in the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Isn't that something to be joyful about? You are in Almighty God. Now sing to Him. Sing for joy to the Lord. Why? Because it is fitting for the pure, the upright in heart, to praise His name. Man, our hearts aren't always like this, are they? Sometimes our hearts are weighed down with the cares of the world, with the worries of what's going to happen. Decisions have to be made. And our worship before the Lord can be stale. He says, may the godly sing for joy to the Lord because it's fitting for the pure. If you think of who God is, what He's done for you, to praise His name. Why should we praise Him? Sorry, how should we praise Him? Verse 2 and 3. Look at the text. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Now, you say, I can't play an instrument. Doesn't matter. Alex can. And others can. And in your head you can. Praise the Lord with melodies on that. Look at the different types of music here. You know, in the, in a, a few years ago, uh, in some churches, they would only recite the Psalms. They wouldn't sing at all because singing was seen as worldly. Where do they get that from? Look at this text. It's filled with music. As a musician, I love this text. Praise the Lord with melodies on the lyre. Make music for him on the ten-stringed harp. Now, instruments have changed. We've got a few more than ten strings here. We've got a whole keyboard of music. But use the instruments God has given us. Sing a new song of praise to him. Don't have to just sing the old things over and over. There are new songs written. And sometimes in your heart, you just bubble over because you want to just sing to the Lord. Whatever those words are, Lift them up to the Lord. Sing a new song of praise to the Lord. Why not? Play skillfully on the harp. In other words, give the Lord your very best. And sing with joy. Sometimes, I'm going to give you a little insight here. Sometimes you can stand up here and you look out here singing, and you really have to wonder if the words are really hitting home. Sing. To the Lord. And the word with joy here is sing loudly with joy. Lift the roof with joy to the Lord. And then it says, why should we do this? Now let's go to verse 4, 5, and 6. 4, 5, 6, and 7 rather. 
Here it is. Firstly, why should we praise the Lord? For the word of the Lord holds true. This word of the Lord is truth. You can trust it. Bible says so. Do it. Trust it with your life. The word of the Lord holds true. Never ever has it been proved that this is untrue. No one has ever proved God to be untrue. His word is truth. Trust it. The word of the Lord holds true. We can trust everything he does. What are you going through in life? What is the Lord putting you through? You might not understand it, but God knows what he's doing. Everything he does, we can trust. Why? Because, verse 5, he loves whatever is just and good. Why would God do evil to you? He can't do evil. And so the only thing that's different is you've got to change your perspective. Whatever's happening to you, the Lord knows he loves what's just and good. And so whatever he's doing is for your good. The unfailing love of the Lord fills the earth. Why would he bring bad things against you? His love fills the earth. You know, unbelievers need to see that verse too. They need to be praising the Lord, and we're going to come to them now. Because His goodness fills the earth. We call it common grace. Many unbelievers have woken up this morning, not because they're, physical, not because they're physically um, healthy, but because God gave them the ability to wake up. Through the night, God has been giving them the breath in their lungs. This morning they've woken up. The sun is shining. It's not raining. God is good. His goodness fills the earth. Here's another reason to praise the Lord. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. What are we speaking about here? We're speaking about the awesomeness of a creator God. How did he create? He spoke out the naked word is what the original says there. The fiat of God's word. The naked word. There was no assistance required here. God spoke a word and world appeared. Stars appeared in the heavens. He spoke it into being. Man, I don't know if you've got a phone app. You try text to, or a speech to text conversion. Um, I want to send a text, so you say the text, and then it converts it to a text, and you can send it. Man, I've got some interesting messages that have been sent out. You try speaking to Alexa, and trying to tell her just a basic thing, and she gives you everything else you want, not what you want. That's just our human efforts with the technology of 2021, right? Oh, come on. God spoke the universes into existence. Right? What a powerful God. He breathed the word, says the second half of verse 6. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He? Who's he? John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the? Word, the Word spoke, the Word, and stars appeared. I love um, Louis Giglio's wives. A fire-breathing God. He spoke stars into existence. 
He breathed the word, and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. I'm always amazed at these guys who take yacht journeys right across the world. I'd love to be on one of those one day. But they go for weeks where they can't see land. And if you think about the whole globe, we could just be covered in water, and it once was. But God has locked the seas, the oceans, into very specific boundaries. And now they tell us with global warming, those boundaries are shifting slightly. But God is in control. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Do you see the authority of God? Do you see why we need to praise the Lord and sing His praises? So that's the, those are the reasons. The word of the Lord holds true. He loves whatever is just and good. And He's an amazing Creator God. So those are the reasons to praise Him. There are many more, of course, but not in this text now. Now we move on to the second point. Let the whole world fear the Lord, and let everyone stand in awe of Him. And I've summed that up with the word revere. Revere the Lord. It's a bit of an old word, but what does revere mean? It means it's a mixture of fear and awe put together. I fear God for who He is, and I give him the respect and the awe due to him as a little minute speck on this earth to an amazing God. Revere him. So let's go look at this one. Verse 8. Let the whole world, note the inclusiveness here, let the whole world fear the Lord. Not just believers. Let the whole world fear the Lord. And let everyone, inclusive, stand in awe of him. Wow. Do we do that? No. People say there is no God, and they write books about that. Why should they fear the Lord? Here it is. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. So he's repeating that creator is awesome idea. But people forget that. They forget where all the stuff comes from. They try and make up all these things about dust and, and millions of years and our creator breathing, our fire breathing creator God breathed these out. He says he did it immediately. I believe him at his word. Who am I to try and explain God? Not just that. Look at the contrast here between men and the Lord. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. That's also why they should fear the Lord and give Him the awe due. Why? Because the word frustrates here means to bring into confusion. If they had bicycles, then it would be to put a spoke in the wheels, a stick in the spokes, whatever. It's a direct reference to the Tower of Babel. And what happened there? What happened? People were living in peace and harmony with each other. They said, let's build this tower because we can show our greatness. We can reach up to the heavens and show who mankind is. And that very day, the Lord brought confusion among men. All he did was change their words so that they couldn't understand each other. He frustrated their plans. And immediately they split up. And the nations went all over the world because it was just after the flood. The nations had all kind of stayed in one spot. And they spread all over the world, including coming here to New Zealand. 
The Lord frustrated the plans of the nations, and he thwarts all their schemes. He brings to nothing, is the word thought. He brings to nothing all their evil scheming. I find great hope in that. Why? If you see legislation changing all the time, what's it doing? It is the scheming and the evil planning of human beings wanting to bring morality to their level. But God says, I will thwart your plans. I will bring your plans to nothing. Why? Verse 11, the Lord's plans stand forever. He is God. They are not. His intentions can never be shaken. Their plans can be made to nothing like that. He is God. What hope we have in that. So whatever you might be going through in life, however confusing your life might be at this stage, you can't understand why these things are happening. Here it is. The Lord's plans stand forever firm. Sorry, stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. God will do in your life what he has planned for you, and it's good. What joy for the nation, verse 12, whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. Let's look at this. In light of what the Lord has been doing here, what joy for the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, Israel... They knew specifically they were the nation of God. I have chosen you as my people, said the Lord. And that still stands to this very day. But those of us who believe in the Lord, those of us whose, whose hearts have been made new, He is also our God, the Israel of God. He has chosen us as His inheritance in Deuteronomy, we saw that. God said to them, you are my inheritance. I'm taking you to a new land to give that as your inheritance. But you are my inheritance. We are the inheritance of God. He has chosen his people as his inheritance. This would have been great encouragement to David. This would have been great encouragement to the Israelites as they read the psalm or recited the psalm as they went into the temple. Especially during the times of the exile. We are God's people. We are the people of God. He has chosen us as His inheritance. Our God reigns. Therefore, let's praise His name. There's another reason why the whole earth should fear the Lord. Verse 13. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. Where is the Lord? Lifted up in heaven. Where are people down below on earth? We get that mixed up. In my head, I'm on the throne. God is nothing. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all. Now that word observe is to look intently into the heart. So from heaven, the Lord looks at the whole earth, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, God has made you, we're going to come to that now, and He can see your heart. He observes you. He judges you according to what is revealed to you of what His truth is, what goodness is, and what evil is. 
He sees the heart. You can't hide anything from Him. He observes all who live on the earth. Not one can escape. It doesn't matter if they're still caught in the jungle and they haven't heard what an app on a phone is or if they're the most sophisticated person sitting in an ivory tower in New York. The Lord knows the heart of people. He sees everyone. He observes all who live on this earth. He looks intently at them. Why? He made their hearts, verse 15. And so he understands everything they do. I'm a confused person. You might be, but the Lord understands how you put together. Come to him. Bring that confusion to him. He will bring it into order. He made you. Um, I can't remember who it was that brought this illustration. I thought it was quite good. This person's broken down with a model T Ford along the road. Dusty farm road, middle of nowhere, out in America. And they don't know what to do, and so um, they kind of wait. And along comes this little car, and this guy gets out. Head, uh, he's got a hat on. Looks all, he looks like a farmer. And he says, uh, can I help? My car's broken down. Oh, okay. I'll have a bit of a look at it. And this person's a bit skeptical. So the guy opens the bonnet, has a look, and says, oh, yeah, I know what's wrong. And he gets his spanner out of his car, fixes it, starts it, goes. Oh, thank you very much. My name is Bob Smith. What's yours? Henry Ford. <laughs> I made your heart. I understand how you tick, says the Lord. Who's our creator? We think we complicated creatures. The Lord understands us. That's why people need to fear the Lord. Christian and unbeliever. Here's another reason. Verse 16. Because you see, people try and hide behind power to protect themselves. Not just against people, but against God. The best equipped... Uh, now, we remember we're in the context of the Psalms now. No nuclear weapons. All right? The best equipped army cannot save a king. Man, you look on TV and you see the arms race. Uh, it used to be the Cold War and then the arms race. It's all starting up again now with America a little bit wonky. And you see those big parades, especially North Korea and China, Russia. Those big military parades where those thermonuclear devices, missiles, which can reach into space. We think of the Star Wars program. I'm not thinking of the movie now, JB. I'm thinking of, of Star Wars satellites shooting other satellites or shooting missiles from space onto Earth. The Star Wars programs. We think of the F-35 stealth aircraft where people think they can't see us coming and so we can reach anywhere in the world and bring weapons to bear anywhere we want to without warning. The Lord says, the best equipped army cannot save a king. Nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. That's all David knew in his time. War horses. And when you saw a war horse on the battlefield, you got out the way. Those horses were specifically trained to kill people as well. To kick them and to pummel them to death with their feet as they came past. To bite people. They were trained for war. And then the eastern side of the world came in and they brought killing elephants. Elephants that could trample people, spike people, kill people, throw them around. The Lord says, 
Those are the things that you hide behind. But don't count on your war horse to give you victory when, when it comes to comparing yourself to the Lord. Verse 18. Here's the contrast now. Why should we fear the Lord and give Him His due? The Lord watches over those who fear Him. Those who rely on His unfailing love. You see, as human beings, we love to be independent units. I don't need God. I can manage very well on myself on this earth. The Lord says, I watch over those who fear me. Are you a believer? Are you going through hard times? The Lord says, I watch over those who fear me, who rely on my unfailing love. When you feel you can't put another foot forward in your life, you're feeling completely overcome, the Lord says, I will give you strength. Depend on my unfailing love. He rescues them from death. That's the ultimate thing that can happen to us human beings. There's nothing worse. Death. He rescues us from the ultimate, from death. He rescues us from unending death. But if you don't take up the rescue of the Lord, you will die unendingly, is the contra warning. He rescues us from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. And that includes COVID. Praise the Lord for His mercies on this country. He's kept us free of it for now. It can't stay like that forever. We've got to open up. But we need to depend on the Lord and the technology and the research that He's given people the abilities to do so that we can be safe. But we need to rely on the Lord. And sadly, we never give Him His due for that research. Now here's a statement of faith as we come to the end of the Psalms, verse 20, 21, and 22. And it's all around verse 2. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you. And so here's the faith statement. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. I want you to repeat those four lines after me, please. If you're a believer here today, repeat this after me. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in His holy name. So here's our application. What concerns in your life loom larger in your mind this morning than God and who He is? Is there any concern which is larger than almighty, fire-breathing, star-breathing God? Remember, you are the speck. And you've got speck-sized concerns. To you, they're big. But to God, they're minute. Romans 8, 35 to 39 backs it up like this. This is what it says. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love in light of Psalm 33? 
Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or we're hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Verse 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. David knew this even if he didn't understand it all. Verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What encouragement the psalm brings us. What encouragement God's changeless true word brings us from these passages. I want to end this morning with a little story again. And I think I've told before, but you've all got old sums. There's a ship out in the ocean, and there's, it's a really stormy, stormy, stormy weather that they're going into. They've battened down the hatches. All the crew are in readiness. People have been confined to their cabins. And the ship is pitching up and down. If you've ever been on a rough seas and a crossing over this way, it can get rough. But out in the middle of the ocean, it's really rough. Colin, you've been further out. There are massive waves. They look like mountains coming your way. And the whole ship goes up on this mountain and then down. And in the middle of this storm, there's this little boy walking around. And he's going about his duties. He's checking the, bucket, the fire buckets. He's checking everything, the hoses on the ship. He's checking that the pump is working with the crew. And he seems happy. And so someone stopped him and said, Little boy, don't you realize there's a storm? Why are you so happy? Do you realize what's happening? And the reply comes from the little boy. My father is the captain on the ship. I know my father. And I know he will take care of me. I've got a big father. We have a big father, God in heaven, who sits on his throne, who creates stars, but who loves us. Let's give our lives to him, whatever that entails, and trust that God will do the good he has for us. And when we do, and we go through dark times, the world around us watches. And they can see that we are different. And that speaks the loudest. We give glory to God, who is a powerful God. And when they ask you for that reason, for heaven's sake, tell them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Psalm 33. But more than that, thank you for who you are. Lord, give us a big view again of who you are. So that we will praise you. 
we are in you. Help us to lift our eyes from the troubles around us and the worries of this world and to praise you for who you are and to rest in your sovereign, everlasting arms and to trust our almighty Father. Lord, help us to live lives which speak of a God who loves and who is powerful. May we not whimper through this life, but may we stand strong and be victorious Christians, because in Christ and in God, we have the victory. You are God Almighty with and in us. Help us in our weakness, we pray. Amen.